16th, a man with nothing to live for. We're really sorry about your family. Will become a hero. Don't let your memories kill you. They can't kill me. I'm already dead. With everything to fight for. Those who do evil to others will come to know me well. everyone and welcome to Cinemarcade. This is the podcast about movies, video games, and the gore that flies when those two worlds collide. My name is Steve Guntley and I'm going to write a song about you before I kill you. Uh, who's here with me? <laughs> um, uh, J-Ban. <laughs> and I'm Justin. Oh, and Justin is here with a choice of his, a Justin's choice, if you will, because yeah. this week, well, what are we talking about, Justin? We're talking about the 2004 Punisher movie uh, starring Thomas Jane and uh, John Travolta. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have uh, inverse nicknames, uh, or inverse initials, I just realized. TJ oh, and JT. Uh, yeah. I think that that's really representing the duality of their characters. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. duality of their nature. The duality of horrible and horrible. And get this. J-Man wasn't I don't know if you guys caught this because it's very subtle. John Travolta's villainous character is named Saint. Oh, you get that? Do you get that? Do you see what they did there? Because a saint is a good guy, and yeah. he's not. Yeah. So and, uh, everybody named Howard sucks. So literally every one of them, every single one of them. Uh, sorry, all you Howards out there. I know we're we're very big in Howard Town. If your name's Howard, go by Howie or something else or uh, uh, H Dizzle. How goes it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All of those are better options. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about The Punisher this week. Uh, I'm excited to get into this one because there's, it's a weird-ass movie. It's a weird-ass game. It's a weird-ass moment in history that I think we've captured with uh, this confluence here. And uh, I'm always excited to talk about it. Uh, this was one of the harder-to-find movies that we had to get. I think outside of Gotcha, this was the hardest game, movie to find. Yeah. Uh, because whatever reason, this movie's kind of been memory hold. So we had to find a very obscure app and pay ridiculous amounts of money to get to watch an SD version of this movie. Uh, I watched it in 1080p. Well, Mr. (laughs) I don't know if it may have proved the experience, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. Well, that, that might've helped something with it, but, uh, the Punisher was released April 16th, 2004. It's directed by Jonathan Hensley. It's written by Hensley and Michael France. And it stars Thomas Jane, John Travolta, Will Patton, Roy Scheider, Laura Herring, Ben Foster, Eddie Jemison, John Pinette, and of course, because it's an early 2000s movie, Rebecca Romaine needs to be there. Uh, we are talking about a really rather unique character, especially in terms of Marvel Comics. Now, we're in a time when everybody and their mother knows every deep cut Marvel character. You know, there's whole movies and TV shows based around the Guardians of the Galaxy and Moon Knight. But when this movie came out, The Punisher was still a little bit of an obscure property, at least 
for non-comics readers. And so it was an interesting choice to make this character into a movie. I want to give a little bit of history on the Punisher because I think he's really interesting and a weirdly important character. And I think it's important to uh, qualify the publisher, the Punisher, the publisher, mm-hmm. uh, the publisher. publisher. Prepare to be published. <laughs> you've made my dreams come true. You're welcome. That's what they I call. I know you've sp- been toiling hard on your novel. That's what they would call <laughs> Spider-Man if he went dark. He'd a publisher, and he would write about it in the news. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I deserve to be made. Fun. That. <laughs> um, uh, that the Punisher, the comic book character, is not Punisher from the movie, no. and like it's just um, the the comic book character is so interesting, in in, in like it's such has such gravitas, uh, which I don't think was carried over to the movie. But I'll, I'll let let you continue. Yeah, on. I mean, this kind of anti-hero is par for the course these days. I mean, Amazon Prime has at least three TV shows about superheroes that are also bad guys. So, like, it's What's kind of... Third? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I think there's two different boys. Boys, Generation V. And Invincible, right? Yeah. Are, oh. Yeah, okay. there's probably more that I'm not realizing. There's about to be a boys Mexico, so it's going to be four. Yeah, either way. Um... But yeah, so this kind of anti-hero, like, comic book character is pretty par for the course these days. But when this character was created, he was sort of breaking new ground. Uh, he is... He, he started as a villain before morphing into kind of this hard-edge anti-hero, but he's never fully lost his edge, and he resorts to levels of violence that are often morally reprehensible and definitely outside of what usual superheroes do. Very singular in his methodology and his sociopathic single-mindedness allows, I think, really good writers can do really good things with the Punisher. I think you can, uh, when when you get a smart writer, he becomes a satire about the American fixation with guns and with the the male uh, equating with violence and virility, you know? Well, and I think... interesting things with him. I think the Punisher works best when it's paired with someone. So the, I can't remember, it's been a long long fucking time yeah. but there was a, a punisher wolverine okay. um crossover and that was fantastic and uh like i like punisher um in the daredevil netflix series yeah, nice. uh as a as a foil for matt over you're like matt you can't keep going to the dark side because matt's going to the dark side because like frank castle's already got he's already there exactly yeah he paved the way already uh this character was created uh, by jerry conway and uh the artist john ramita and ross ross andrew and he made his debut in Amazing Spider-Man number 129 back in February 1974. Back then, he was a hired assassin who was paid by a supervillain called the Jackal to kill Spider-Man. And the character was unique and a little shocking for the time because his proclivities for violence and very direct approach for murder was pretty unlike anything in superhero comics at this time. Even the villains, like, it's usually an elaborate scheme, right? It's it's lowering the hero from a chain into a pit of lava or something like that. <laughs> like, something they can easily escape. The Punisher just shoots you in the face, you yeah. know? And that's pretty unique for this time. You know, there was a lot of controversy when the character came out, um, you know, because uh, he, was, he was so violent and so brooding and uh, so unique to comics in a lot of ways, but... Despite or because of that controversy, he became very popular. He returned to uh, Spider-Man a few issues after uh, for a few one-shots, and then he got a full run of comics starting in the 80s. And uh, it was eventually revealed the character's name is Frank Castle. He's a former Marine and Vietnam veteran who took jobs as a hitman for the mob, and then after his family was killed in a mafia hit, he snapped 
and decide to wage a one-man war against anyone that he deems as a criminal. So sometimes he'll collaborate with other like street-level Marvel characters, your, your Daredevils, your Ghost Riders, your Blades, guys like that. But most of the Marvel canon refuses to work with them. Or like if they do, they do so very reluctantly. Man. Yeah, exactly. He's bad PR, you know. Like you don't <laughs> you don't want to be seen like in photos like being chummy with the Punisher. You you use him if you have no other resort. Um, and yeah, the character's legacy. You know, he, I've I've been reading. The, I I became aware of the character in the '80s. It was one of the first like comic book characters that I kind of got into way back then, and it was because I was you know a child and I didn't understand what i was seeing i just thought it's like oh a big strong guy with guns he must be cool you know because i have a stick and i pretend it's a gun i'm the playground i'm the same guy uh you know so i never really thought about i remember steve still is the same guy i'm still the same guy i've got a stick um i'm holding a stick on all of you right now uh but yeah he he, please send help when i was a kid reading punisher (laughs) punisher comics he was much goofier right he he had like a bus he had like his battle bus that he rode around and he had a sidekick named microchip who helped him like look things up they kind of yeah you have a sidekick to google things for you basically yeah he's got a whole bus for this you know you know so he was he was a little goofy he had a like he was a little defanged back then. hey justin in a time before time google before you know I you know. actually had to do research yeah, and like you had to yeah, telephone English, people yeah. you had to te- no, have you when's the last time you've been on a phone with someone I've been on a phone with someone i mean it's been a minute i can't remember <laughs> when's I, the last time you used your rotary phone while was, eating war rations i think it was last week my grandma called after okay. i got home and was like i'm glad you got home see and, and your grandma like, yeah. who is our age um, <laughs> only knows how to communicate via phone. so <laughs> Uh, you know, so like, yeah, the character was kind of defanged when I first got introduced to him. I think there was an NES game that I used to play, like kind of a side scrolling. Well, it's interesting because like he starts off as being um, a member of the mafia, yeah, and so he's an antihero because he's a member of the mafia who then goes against the mafia. Uh, but they really sanitize, or they they attempt to sanitize him to make him like an ex FBI agent, ex military, ex DEA yeah. agent, yeah. which I think is really interesting because I think. It, it works a strong it's an interesting it's more interesting character development if he goes from being a part of the mob to murdering the mob it is yeah and i think the the people who write the punisher the best i think of like garth ennis and guys like that yeah. like they they write him as a sociopath which i think is the way you need to do it the punisher's whole thing is that he has a very black and white moral philosophy if someone is violating a law he kills them and that's it you know like jaywalking jay literally murder. there is an arc where he starts going crazy and like is murdering people who litter like there there is this, this is something that happens yeah. with the punisher from time to time he will just go crazy and start killing everybody and so like what happens after that is it just like he stops and everyone's like they give him a stern yeah, talking Yeah, we'll let to. it slide. Yeah, if, I forget. If you help us do this thing. I mean, knowing Marvel Comics, he probably just, like, dies a lot and then gets brought back in, like, <laughs> ten issues, you know. Like, he's just he's, he's just going to be back. But, but I think that's when you can really have fun with this character. If when you're exploring that he is a sociopath, that his moral code is clean and clear, but it's reprehensible, you know. Like, and he is killing people that do not deserve to die. And that's why it makes it all the more ironic that in recent years, this character's legacy has become 
inextricably tied to the far right movement. Like Proud yeah. Boys have adopted this Punisher logo. It's... Law enforcement very randomly like has adopted the Punisher logo as like a symbol for like a backing the blue and it's just which like is, do you not know who this character is which is wild considering the most recent iteration uh in media in in video being the Netflix version yeah where he is it's like the 2004 movie is at least at somewhat vague on you know how crazy is he going with this yeah um is this just a revenge story but the netflix series is like nah dude's just killing people he's, he's... that's what he's up to that's what he's doing he's killing a lot of people who deserve punishment of some kind yeah probably not <laughs> mass murder that's why uh, it's smart to cast like a real short fuse guy like john barenthal in yes. that part yeah. guy who seems like he has a lot of coiled rage and energy and things like that like yeah he's he's a good actor because he can convey that while also still being sympathetic in a way and, like, that, and so that's it was good casting on that part uh he gets introduced in daredevil yeah and then there's two seasons of him on his own and in Daredevil, it's pretty clear that he is a black and white, you deserve death or you're fine. Yeah. And then in in the series, is, it does double down. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. There's multiple people who are not doing anything super crazy yeah. that end up getting hurt. Um, and plus, like, you know, the Punisher grew into this age of regular mass shootings in american culture like yeah. he seems less fun the more Absolutely. uh the more yeah. people like out there are emulating it watching know? watching the show you you like his character when he's not doing these things right but you can't like him overall you can't fully ever empathize yeah there's yeah. so many things especially like it's been a minute but like it, it definitely very clearly paints him as like he's a bad guy who just also sometimes does good things yeah um but most of what he's doing is bad he thinks it's good and he is to some degree vaguely in the right direction however again it's a lot of things of like uh maybe jail time or rehab is more uh, applicable for some of these people for a lot of these people than uh what you have done to them men would um, rather shoot up an entire crack house than go to therapy yeah up until the points where there are people who are specifically targeting him and then you that's referencing the game okay. yes yes, yes. that's referencing the game <laughs> um but then the 2004 movie i think is so hmm, they have him be so quiet. Yeah. So are and we are we getting into the movie yet, or are we still talking so. about the comic book? I've got a little history on the movie here. Okay. I just want to get into it, because this is actually the second attempt to make a Punisher movie. I don't know if you ever saw the 1989 I one didn't. with uh, Dolph Lundgren playing oh. Frank Castle. Kind of fun. A little <laughs> fun. Um, that movie was a solid hit international, but never actually released. A, got a stateside release here. It became kind of a direct-to-video sort of... Uh, uh, wonder after a bit um, but this film is part of the first wave of Marvel characters kind of hit the screen we're in this kind of weird wild west zone where like X-Men and Spider-Man were huge huge hits but we don't have as codified like MCU yet so they're trying to figure out what characters should we uh, make films of and for whatever reason 
early on they went with like the darker more adult yeah. characters so it was blade it was daredevil it was the punisher Ugh. it was ghost rider it was blade was so hulk. good blade well, is so good hulk yeah exactly yeah. yeah you get the darker more violent characters and i don't know if it's a testament to the quality of some of those projects or if it's a testament to the tone of some of those projects but it didn't take off until iron man no, I think that's the thing. They needed. They had, uh, they had limited. Like the, they, they, they they Spider Man. Spider Man was a huge success. All three oh, yeah. were huge. I'll, I'll say Spider Man. And yeah. the, the X Men movies were successful, but, but like their attempt to like really like there were movies that were hitting, and it was hitting. People were liking just that character. Yeah, like there was nothing as big as like Iron Man setting this whole new thing of like. Oh, this is now a lot of things that we're gonna watch now. Um, now they, not that they did bad movies, but like specifically some of the ones that we mentioned, uh, the Punisher didn't light the world on fire. No, it really didn't. Um, this was the directorial debut of Jonathan Hensley. You might better know him as a screenwriter who writes big action movies. So he wrote Armageddon. He wrote uh, a movie that JB and I both love, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Yes, uh, he wrote uh, Jumanji, Jumanji the, the, yeah. the original. Yeah, I mean, you know, so this this guy had some bona fides, and I think this wound up being his only directorial effort. Maybe a couple of. TV no, he had a he had a he, he had he directed a couple of more. Uh, movies including Ice Road starring <laughs> Liam Neeson like very uh, very voodoo like the, the app uh, yeah. uh, style of movies very direct to crackle uh, level direct yeah definitely direct to red box yeah uh, and it, I don't know man um, it's it was interesting scroll, trying to find this movie we had to scroll through voodoo because voodoo uh, the app doesn't have a search function yeah, okay we need, to, we need to take a minute to uh, uh, punch down at the voodoo, <laughs> the voodoo app here it already is suffering enough by being the voodoo app but uh, that's the only place we could find this movie legally is through VUDU. And we discovered this looking this up that there, this website, for whatever reason, does not have a search function. Like one of the most basic things you would expect, you can filter like your 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 uh, sections. Like you can go into like action genre and then filter it by year. But every time I did that, it made the app break. Yeah. So ultimately, the way to find this was to go into the action movie section, scroll down like 15 pages. And just hope that your eyes didn't glaze over the cover. Oh, it's really funny because I started off searching in the free movies, and the free movies has a movie called Punished with an exact same sort of cover with a with a Punisher si- um, the guy wearing a Punisher shirt, and I'm just thought like, oh dear. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm Tom sure James that probably movie in that one too. was incredible. <laughs> I mean, so our lead here is Thomas Jane. All right, so yeah. in- interesting career that Tom Jane was having around this. Thomas time. Jane. Uh, so the only upside to this movie is probably the amount of time this man has spent shirtless. <laughs> and if Jeremy Allen White's shirtless picks from CK uh, didn't drop today, I would have been like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's the second time that's been referenced to me today. <laughs> I did not know that weird turtly looking guy is like such such chum for the ladies but hey. you you check him out on twitter who is yes. this the guy the lead from the show the bear 
What's his name? Jeremy <laughs> Allen White. Like, he has, like, nothing but thirst traps from his CK1. Um, oh. yeah. He's very handsome, but you got to admit he looks a little turtly. Uh, uh, just take... He looks like the turtliest member of the turtle club. No, he, like, I don't know. He's ridiculously attractive. I love the guy. Don't um, he's a really great actor. But anyway, so, like Tom, I thought that was really funny because... Um, and a lot of uh, they, they he spent so much time with his shirt off. He was like allergic to his shirt. Oh, yeah. There was like even I was going, oh god, put on a fucking shirt, will you? Um, you look cold. A lot. He doesn't look cold, and nobody looks anything but sweaty at <laughs> time or covered in grease. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I, I would say he he looks good. He definitely like worked out a lot and bulked up for this movie. He's in this kind of weird space where like he. He's one of those guys who just looks like a leading man. You know, it makes sense to cast him in these parts. He's a very sturdy, like, masculine-looking type of What dude. year was the shark movie? Deep Blue Sea. Yes. 1998. So, like, his kind of big breakout, like, he, he had back-to-back, 97. He has a real standout supporting part in Boogie Nights. Which oh, that was in, really good. He's incredible he's in really that really good movie. in that. And then he's got Deep Blue Sea the next year, which is one of my favorite trash movies. I like, love Deep Blue that Sea. So much fun. I feel like it's so underrated. No, like the exactly. the moment when Samuel L. Jackson is yep. just eaten by a fucking shark. I was cheering when I saw Spoilers, jeez. I mean, oh come on, the movie's twenty five years old. You if you haven't gotten to it. Uh, well, sorry it came out before I was born. <laughs> it actually it, No, it you were born. Stop trying yeah, stop trying to de-age You could have gone yourself. to the theaters as a one year old. Come on. Yeah. I was four three. Yeah, I mean, you know, that 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 movie's wild and I think they've been sort of trying to find the right vehicle for Thomas Jane since. You know, and uh, you know he had a great part. Like he was such a he had such movie star energy that he was used as a stand-in for a movie star on Arrested Development. He played himself playing a movie star, playing a homeless man uh, in in a funny like two or three episode arc. Oh man, um, Arrested you know. Development is so good. Um, but like I think they were really struggling to find something to do with him. Uh, but they they did nab him as the lead for this movie. I think he looks the part. I don't know that his energy is right because I don't. He never I think he haunted. looks the part. He looks handsome and sexy as an action star, but he's not. But Frank Castle is not supposed to be an action star. Exactly, this is not. Yeah. So this movie is supposed to be a vengeance flick, and it's not a vengeance flick. It's an actiony like like you're. It's actiony, but yeah. it's not. Um, too much happening that isn't related to the vengeance. Like it. it it seems like there were multiple plots that they really wanted to include, and uh, they it would have been a three and a half hour movie to do it well, and so they just like hodgepodged pieces together. Yeah, like you have one scene about him dismantling Saint's criminal enterprise, and then uh, we move on to other stuff. Well, that's the thing. It's it's. When he finally does exact his revenge, it happens very quickly and with very little resistance, you know? So they have to build out this whole movie 
and kind of pat it out and get to that point where like because his revenge is exacted very easily um but he needs to kind of fuck with people first which is also not really the punisher's it's not the punisher's style and like the other people who've played the punisher have this have this explosive temper about them that you believe that they would be that violent thomas jane doesn't have this like this smoldering intensity that makes you think that he's gonna fucking shoot you yeah and he i don't know i don't know what it is he just seems like he's too rational for so much he seems too composed yeah he never seems like he's on the edge other than at the end of the movie after everything's done and uh and he never seems to be in grief they show him drinking but they never show him crying yeah they they hint that he might be in grief but it you don't get to actually understand the character. You don't really see them as a human because they just keep cutting around to different action-y bits. Um, I, I think that this could have been a decent movie, but there was just... I don't know if it was writing, directing, somewhere, something definitely hampered it there are bits to this movie i like and i'll I'll get into those i do want to mention it was considered a bit of a coup at this time to get john travolta to play the villain and he was actually first billed in this movie because he just was a bigger name than tom jane at this time and uh you know so it was kind of a big deal nowadays like you go to any walmart and there's 150 movies with john travolta <laughs> playing a random villain usually with tom jane well, i mean wasn't like, yeah. wasn't he the villain in face off he was the villain yeah well he was and, both well, well he was both yeah it's a good guy and the villain uh, see they took his face i haven't off. seen all of face is there off? a video game of face off no i wish no. we should just watch face off <laughs> uh, yeah I could eat it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a gross line, but it's so funny the way you said it. <laughs> it's really funny when I heard that line the first time. I'm like, I really like peaches because yeah. I was a kid. I was like, yeah, peaches are great. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a euphemism for anything. <laughs> not a euphemism at no. all. But it was really funny. So uh, the director of this, one, I think he had a s- different sense of reality because he keeps whenever he would talk about this movie he'd always kept say he kept saying that um it was like othello uh and i was like no no dude othello is a tragedy and he's like Who's he? that's the what that's the entire tragedy yeah. well he didn't paint it as a tragedy uh which is like exactly what punisher is punisher is a tragedy it's a man going crazy through grief uh and wreaking havoc on other people's families yeah. uh but he that's why there's the subplot of uh of john travolta's best friend who happens to be gay they just shoehorn that in uh uh having um setting him up uh to think that he had sex with his wife yeah and so that is the reason why that subplot is in there because he wanted to um uh be inspired by othello when you're like oh no dude that subplot made no fucking sense it was totally shoehorned in and it was also like it didn't matter because it's like okay i just made you like kill your best friend because you thought he was cheating with your wife and uh then i killed you so like you don't have to live with these consequences or anything it's yeah it's like it's again i think execution is off on so many marks yeah um there's definitely fun scenes and sequences in this movie yeah um but it doesn't look. This movie's not going to make any uh, historical important lists. Uh, here, here's here's the I'll 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 give the meat of the compliment sandwich here. I've got I've got some good things to say about this movie. Like 
Um, a, I like that it is kind of like a down and dirty like 80s action movie. Like So no mm-hmm. CGI. It's all practical effects and stunts and explosions. So I enjoy that. Um, there's a section in the middle where I think the movie really has some juice, and I wish that they had kind of pursued this as a plot more than the Othello nonsense, and that's where he's getting ambushed by an increasingly weird number of hitmen. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, the, the aforementioned, there's a moment of real surreality where he's sitting in a diner, a Johnny Cash-looking motherfucker <laughs> comes in, sits down, plays a little song on his guitar, says, I wrote that for you, and then five minutes later tries to kill him at a truck stop. And I was like, when he walked in, I was like, are you trying to, like, is this an homage to El Mariachi? Like, what is going on? But I was specifically say, I'll sing it at your funeral. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I was was watching that, and then the scene where, like, the big burly Russian with the uh, the white and uh, red shirt played by Kevin Nash. I actually really liked that. I I thoroughly enjoyed that that scene. scene. It was so much fun. There is so much, there is something really fun in 80 esque when you have a giant Russian beating up a tiny American. Even yeah. though Thomas Jane is not tiny, but he yeah. looks he looks so petite. He looks like you, he could head tuck him and snuggle him and put him in bed. Like I, uh, I think the thing that shines in that sequence is they the humor that's present throughout that sequence is I think fun and not in your face. Yeah. Like when he reaches for his gun and then the strong man smacks it with his barbell and he just looks at the bent gun like, oh, fuck. That was good, especially because they set up earlier that he went to all this trouble to build this little trap yeah. into his workbench so that he could get a gun quickly and then to have it like def- def- uh, d- uh, diffuse that quickly and was pretty fun. But I, I mean, think, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think no. one of the things that made that scene honestly better than the majority of the movie was that he's not winning no he is fighting he's struggling whereas the rest of the movie he's winning in every circumstance well it's so interesting when you start off at the beginning and like don't even just kill like traditionally uh, in the frank castle things and the traditional action hero star when yeah. you like fridge your ladies uh um is what's the phrase fridger women fridging yeah fridging is a a gail simone term if you're not familiar it means uh when a female character is summarily murdered to provide motivation for the male character uh yeah it was from green lantern wasn't it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh but um anyway uh they they fridge his entire extended family okay so they they kill like 40 people (laughs) this is really fucked up that i laughed at this this movie put me in this position because it's such an escalation of the revenge movie trope. It's like, yeah. oh my god, he killed my wife and daughter. It's like, oh no, it just happens I was having a whole ass family reunion. They killed Aunt Gladys. No. Yeah. Like it, I was I shouldn't have been laughing at this, but it was kind of ridiculous. I so, I have to admit that I was smirking a little bit because it's just such, it's such an escalation. It's so over the top. It's so wild. Is in the scene before, I think Everything leading up to that scene kind of helps set the the tone for the movie. Yeah. Because you have this moment where, uh, you know, drug bust goes bad or, uh, a, a, yeah, a, a, an arms deal that's being set up by Thomas Jane undercover. Yeah. Well, goes he, bad, whatever. You know, the they didn't actually kill the FBI agent that killed his son. You know that, don't you? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they he got away. He's they fine. killed Frank Castle. They, but... they, they went after the guy who orchestrated it, but not the guy who shot. Um, but then they do like, oh, you know, the, the saints are, you know, funeral black and, you know, yeah. Uh, 
they're asking like they're giving the order of like, all right, find the guy and who of did course, this and kill him. Yeah, and then of course the woman, the woman has to escalate it because it's like misogyny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, like kill his whole family. Yeah, but it's, it's well, such a need- cheesy fucking scene. It really, you're like, all right. If yeah. you expected a masterpiece, the rest of the movie, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is his uh, John Travolta's wife is played by Laura Herring, who you might know from Mulholland Drive. Like, you know, she's capable of great performances, and here she's kind Which of. Which one was Mulholland Drive? Was that with Samuel Jackson? No, no. That's a you're thinking of Lakeshore Terrace. Yes. Uh, yeah. Lakeshore no, Terrace. Mulholland Drive is it's, the David Lynch movie. It's very weird. Very weird. Very cool. Yeah. I so I, I we watched review no, another movie. No, because like Mulholland Drive, <laughs> when I watched it, I was an adult. Yeah, and uh, I was an adult, and I only watched it. I watched it during the pandemic, and I think at the time it was probably revolutionary depiction of lesbians. But now you're like, oh, dead lesbians. You know what I mean? Like it's just like. <laughs> Fair. All right. I mean, look, that is a scene that is uh, uh, titillating in a way that it probably wouldn't be shot now. Maybe, I don't even but... have a problem with the sexiness scenes. I just like, it's like, oh, you're a lesbian, therefore you must be mad. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, crazy. My brain, my brain from, from being into women, my brain is so My hysterical. poor woman brain. My... Oh, no. She does do a lot of rage masturbating in that movie. That's Was that... fair. That is true. <laughs> Was that movie written by a guy? And also, I don't think yes. I've ever heard of rage masturbating. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I've just introduced it Watch to you. Watch Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of rage. Anyway, uh, that's Laura Harris. <laughs> But yeah, no, this this whole family execution scene, like also Roy Scheider from Jaws is his dad randomly. And I'm like, you know, what's really funny when I was at, like Roy Scheider. I know him now as a person from Jaws. Yeah. But when I was like a, a kid or oh, a teenager. I think I know what you're going to say. Sequest. DSV. Sequest DSV. Oh, the Talking God. Dolphin <laughs> Star Trek. Talking, it was so oh. good. I love loved that show. 100%. When, did, when was this show on air? 93 was when yeah, it came right. out. I watched it. Yeah, I was obsessed with it. It had a talking dolphin. It was great. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you later you're like, oh, shit. Roy Scheider's in like all that jazz. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's in the French Connection. Like he's a great actor. Um, but that's the other like good point I will give to this movie. Really good cast here. Mm-hmm. You have a very young Ben Foster uh, before he kind of like blew up. Like I, like, I didn't recognize him until later. Like uh, Christian was like, "Hey, because it, it, I had just listened to the Mark Marin podcast with Ben Foster." Oh, was he on it? Yeah. yeah it, it was just like I was like, "What? No, that's what." Great what? actor, great actor. I I think he's good in this movie. I think Rebecca Romaine Stamos is good in this movie. Like that you. Uh, Will Patton, who plays his uh, John Travolta's like best friend, the gay guy who, yeah. who gets murdered, like really good performance from Will really Patton. Good, like really he, he's a good actor. Like so, you you have all of this in its favor. And to be honest, like I really like how they didn't play him effect, if you know what I mean. Right? They yeah. No, played he, it a lot um, more flamboyant. And this um, is, I mean, it's it's sort of they they, it's about as far as they're willing to go with the homosexual plot line in two thousand four, but. It's similar to what happens to a character on The Sopranos. Like, that's a big storyline is like a character uh, in the mob who is afraid of being out because it'll get him killed, you know? So there's something to that. But it's it's like you said, it's shoehorning in this real uh, this this tragedy as a way of sort of like 
compounding the pain or any anything like that. But Punisher is not that strategic of a character. Like he he shoots first and doesn't ask questions later. He just he just he's a mindless killing machine. And so well, and I a think... way to get around that, a way to like make this character still work and still have this movie be like fun is to do what they seemed like they were doing with a series of yeah. escalatingly weird hitmen that are trying to well, and kill him. It's easier while, while he's also escalating more and more in attacks against the family, attacks against the criminal enterprises, yeah. and then the retaliatory hitmen. But they just, like, don't. Yeah. Well, and they show him trying to take down his enterprise by burning money, but you're like, he doesn't, He's not planning to do that the whole time. He's planning to murder yeah. the whole time. And I, I do like the uh, quirky hitman. I like that a lot. Uh, but I think it's also hard to like him because he just keeps um, murdering groups of people. And you're just like, uh, and it, they're just not that um, menacing. Like, And they're also like... Um, yeah, it's just a little bit like. Mm, hmm, well, hmm. and you you're missing all of that ambiguity that comes with the Punisher character. Like you're supposed to be wondering if these people have it coming or not, and you're like, no way. They they shot Great Uncle Jerry. Like obviously they're gonna die. Like it's they they really try and soften him out so that he is still a relatable character that we can root for, which is the wrong. Well, approach. and they have one of the reasons they shoehorned this allegedly Othello line into it of of uh, and like having the Punisher be Iago is that um, they don't want the Punisher to kill a woman, and right. like the Punisher kills women. He kills everybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they even try, like, that's kind of what they're doing with the house full of weirdos that he befriends, is they're trying to soften him a little bit. But again, if if you go, it's it's kind of like the outlaw Josie Wales. Have you seen that movie, the Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, maybe. Like, one of my favorite westerns, because it's it's a movie that starts as a revenge film, and as he's on his journey to revenge, he keeps picking up more and more of these, like, misfit people who are lost and the bigger his family gets, the less his desire for revenge is, you know? And so it becomes kind of this almost heartwarming thing where he learns to let go of these demons and stuff like that. They seem to be trying to do that with the Punisher in a way that kind of negates the efficacy of the character. You know? Did you ever watch True Grit? Bo yeah. Both of them? Yeah. yeah both like, of them. Now that's a tale of vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the main thing is no matter how close they were trying to portray the Punisher to the source material, they just, nothing felt strong enough. Like, you didn't feel an emotional attachment to Castle because every time you were watching Castle, he was either killing people, preparing to kill people, or just like, yeah, if, they, if there would have been a scene or just more emotion from him, but they paint him as somebody who's really cold and quiet. Yeah. Um, which seems to clash with what they were doing. And I think we, we have a conflict here between like the filmmakers are trying to decide whether this is B movie trash or if this is a more elevated blockbuster. Like you say, they're including like literary references and they're trying to get, make the character more nuanced and complex. 
Whereas if you look at like kind of the, the spiritual sequel to this called Punisher Warzone, mm-hmm. that's a movie that has no such compunctions about that. That is a big, dumb, joyful action movie where he just like shoots the shit out of people and barely has any lines. Like it, that they picked a direction on that. They went full B movie like ridiculousness. And it's a much better movie for that. Like it's a much more enjoyable. Time. Yeah, it, it feels like this one just kind of suffered. Um, yeah yeah it's just kind of in it's kind of in that weird in between gray zone did you ever watch commando yeah the schwarzenegger is there a video game of commando i don't think so there's a video game called commando that is not related to the movie Uh, but yeah i don't know watching this movie just made me want to watch commando because it's like (laughs) that's a prototypical like dumb action dumb action yeah yeah because it's just like but there's there's heart to it and i think this is the thing is like action movies should have heart yeah that revenge movies don't have have to have grief no uh, well i mean revenge movies have to have grief in my opinion oh yeah yeah and and they they really didn't show it no they they try and but at the same time they also didn't show him going far enough into like oh this guy snapped and he shut off all his emotions and now he's just a killing machine like he's still He's still too human to be, you know. So they're they're just straddling this line. Uh, in this and way I drove that me crazy him. how they kept throwing Rebecca Romaine Stamos at him. Yeah, just yeah. be like, oh, my wife just died five months ago. Get the fuck off me! Like, geez, have like some boundaries, lady. She's saying no. Yeah, <laughs> and also like you yourself said that you seek out people who are bad for you, and you are going after the murderer, and you know he's a bur- okay. This also drove me nuts. The one ad- advantage oh. that he had as a character was that, <laughs> that the mob thought, thought he was, was dead. dead. And then he just so he, walks up to like Stown Hall or the police station. He's like, he yo, literally, what up? And literally there are news stories <laughs> saying this Frank Castle, a famous murderer, is now uh, not dead anymore. So you should not probably go that, send people to kill him. Maybe a guy with a guitar. So and an example of what in throughout this movie, one of the things I think this movie suffers from the most is uh, Frank Castle being a psychic. He mm-hmm. knows, uh, he somehow knew that uh, what hole uh, Saint was going to play, and he put his tombstone uh, on that hole. Uh, throughout the movie, he just has psychic powers. Okay. I do want to say the tombstone thing was a, a cool move. Uh, but it was, but it's so it's tactically dumb thing to do. It's so tactically dumb. It's like, so... is, is he like planning a massive like uh, a revenge or is he just like a mindless killing machine like making him plan it out just doesn't feel right for this interpretation of this character and I then don't know. everybody psychically knew where he lived yeah. Everyone knew. Like, how, no. how did they know where he lived well he probably they, took out an ad because he's fucking stupid they he's probably like, by the way i live here could have followed him yeah <laughs> he doesn't not- seem to show that good of awareness he drives the loudest car in the world and has <laughs> armor for a windshield he stands out and he presumably <laughs> drove that car to town hall yeah. or wherever i can't remember where the the press conference or whatever was happening yeah. but like in front of the entire press he's like yeah why is nobody in jail and they're like right. look dude we don't we're trying to figure it out but like you you get to the final like the culmination the climax of this movie that you think like everything is supposed to be building towards is Frank like having a, waging his one man war against the remainder of Saints forces right and this scene is just so 
one-sided. It's so yeah. one-sided. There's no like you. You never feel like you're in fear for Frank Castle. No, and you're like, and the, he just explodes a bunch of shit. And again, and my favorite, like again, all superheroes or antiheroes are great at arts and crafts, <laughs> creating a skull out of um a, a exploded cars. All right, yeah, I have so many logistical questions about this. Like, who he must owned have, all of those cars? I mean, well, it said it was Saint Motors, so it's like apparently Howard Saint's like you used car lot or whatever <laughs> but he was up on the roof what like scouting it out with like a piece of clear paper or something like figuring out where everything's gonna be like did he he really worked out a pretty detailed visual picture that no one is going to see unless like helicopters come over i guess but like the people who would benefit most from seeing that big skull and getting intimidated are all dead yep. in the middle of that Whoa. giant flaming skull okay <laughs> to be <laughs> Yeah, they didn't even give like in the, the one guy was being dragged around into it, but about this vengeance plot. But when they're about to kill John Travolta's character Saint, uh, they they give him two. They don't even give him a second to react no. to the idea that he's killed his best friend and his wife for no reason. I know we spend so much real estate in this movie, like with that subplot, and then it's just kind of like, oh yeah, by the and way, you that that sucked even worse for you than getting dragged into a fire. I think that's what the movie really suffers from is that there's too much real estate in places that don't really give it anything. Yeah, um, like the 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 roommate plot. I get what. The you know trying to show that he's but most of that probably it's a Thanksgiving movie Punisher is a Thanksgiving <laughs> movie. oh there we go officially put it on your calendars uh, everyone and then the, download Voodoo does it, and does she, she explicitly out. say it's not Thanksgiving but I'm gonna say what I'm thankful for yeah that's true uh, she does I was like why are you <laughs> I, like honestly who does that who has like somebody like you know this man lost forty members of his family and you're gonna ask him what he's thankful for that's just rude it, also then, I would just like to say I just opened up my Facebook casually and that's my third time time seeing jeremy allen white in his underwear today so every apparently every girl i know who does improv also has a thing for a dub air uh, well it's not a thing for it. it's just an appreciation of art he's he's just a work of art i'm not embittered about this at all i just think it's funny but this keeps like coming up for me did you just open pokemon go accidentally i'm fidgety you have you guys have your fidget toys i get to have my fidget toy uh, this is what happens when you get three people with adhd together at a table yeah. we're like all right let's focus on a topic it give me something to twiddle. The the roommate subplot really didn't add anything. She was like, and it seemed like the whole roommate group was aware of the fact that she was going to try to make a move on Castle that night. Yeah, uh, which is just a weird. They were trying option. to wingman her. Yeah. They were like, "Let's go get dessert. Make your move, Miss." Yeah, come well, on. He's like, got a lot of guns. <laughs> He's got to be cool, right? Well, to be fair, at that point they hadn't seen. The lot of guns? No, yeah, but they, they knew just that could he have was, assumed they, the lot of guns. And they, the FBI, somehow the FBI and the PD uh, had no idea where he was, and but everyone else knew where he was. Yeah. But and I mean, again, his that, toilet was broken, and he kept going back to the department. Who, where is he shitting? I'm <laughs> shitting at the Kroger. <laughs> that, that's how they followed him. I know I'm supposed to buy something, but I'm the Punisher. I'm just going to take a doom. Somebody saw him at the grocery store and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, that's right. It's me, Frank Castle, but famed it's also murderer. Like, take a picture Well, with technically, me. he's not a famed murderer at that point. He's a... Yeah, and he was already wanted for murder. The murder of two people. Yeah. They had him on security cameras murdering two people in that building. 
He's also good. Oh, we should yeah, we should fair. shout him out. He's also good at torturing people with popsicles. Uh, <laughs> in a scene I found pretty funny. Also, is that the only other time we've seen Eddie Jemison in a movie besides the Ocean's Eleven movies? That's the little Weasley guy from yeah. Ocean's Eleven. I've never. I don't know. I was always unclear. Like, where did he come from to get a part in Ocean's Eleven, which is like an all star ensemble? And then where did he go after that? And then uh, where do you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Was my third, <laughs> my third question for him. Uh, hopefully, he can answer. But no, Eddie Eddie Jemison with an E. Uh, Yeah, but like that's kind of where my frustration with this movie comes in because there are they have a couple of good ideas for a Punisher movie in here and they don't seek them out. You know, they don't develop them in any meaningful way. It could be the Josie Wales thing where like these people teach him his humanity again. It could be the series of hitmen going after him. You know, it could just be the Rampage movie. Well, I think it could be the, the Othello movie. Is that he never lost his humanity? So, like, it would like it would make a lot more sense if these people were down, like, in movie three with the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, but he, they don't. Uh, he never completely loses it as the Punisher. No. It's yeah. It's such a weird thing where again, like I said, you really don't get what's happening with him yeah. like that's not a thing that's really portrayed well, and to you. why didn't all three four of them get into the the weird elevator thing instead of just leaving them out there or just being like i don't know he left like yeah why is this like oh i can't talk and then he has all his piercings ripped out it, it, uh, I look don't know. No i'm just saying i'd probably give him up <laughs> at that point hey. Well, like they're they're torturing me and maybe they're gonna murder me and people can't tell from listening to this but justin has like 112 piercings oh yeah face right now yeah i am yeah. a person who not only loves things being like piercings oh yeah but i also love markings on my skin yeah it's we cannot definitely... bring him near an mri like it's just a disaster <laughs> yeah for look it's, it's a three hour or it's, it's a three-day prep for an mri oh i believe so it i believe it I got to get my guy, and then it's a whole thing. All right. I mean, I feel um, like I uh, I have so many little things to nitpick about this movie, but I want to transition to the game a little bit because I think that's really interesting in its own, and I think uh, real quick, we can cover a lot of the same topics here, too. Uh, Eddie Jemison yeah. right, has one film credit, uh, technically uncredited, in a movie called Schizopolis. Oh, yeah, that's, was that's a, an early um, Soderbergh movie. A yeah. nameless numberhead man. Okay, so he's just like um, friends with Soderbergh. And then he was in Ocean's Eleven five years later. No credits in the meantime. Uh, All right. Like, they had a I bet TV he's a role producer the same or something. Year. Yeah, I bet he does something like behind the scenes. Yeah. But let's let's transition to this game because uh, th- I think this one's really interesting. So the Punisher video game came out in January seventeenth, two thousand five. It's developed by Volition and published by THQ, and oh, it was released on PS two, Xbox, and Windows. Uh, this is technically the fourth Punisher game to ever be released. The first one came out in nineteen ninety on the NES and PC. That's a behind the back like shooting gallery game based on the comic book. Uh, there was a sequel to that in the Game Boy, and then there was an arcade beat em up uh, in 1993. But this was definitely the most high profile game associated with the character uh, before or since. Now, this one is not a direct adaptation of the movie. It contains some elements from that, most specifically uh, Thomas Jane voicing the Punisher. Yes. Like he came back to reprise the role, and they have a couple of beats from the movie as well. But they're also borrowing heavily from some of the same comic book storylines that informed the movie um and so boy is this movie feel more accurate to the source material a little bit it, it, it feels game, more accurate game. to punisher yeah, yeah. It definitely, maybe not the source material but it gets a little wild 
I definitely feel like it, it gets the idea that the Punisher is supposed to be unhinged. Yeah. And a murderer. I just, I, I think the scale of murder and the ease of murder at the issues that I have with it. But but can, please continue. Steve. Yeah, this was developed by Volition, who you already mentioned. Uh, they, uh, they made their big splash back in the mid-2000s with a PC game called Descent, which is kind of a weird, like, first-person shooter sort of thing. And in the early 2000s, they made the Red Faction games, which oh. were very carnage-driven, very destructive. Yes. Play all of them. And this game was actually quite controversial at the time. The original version of this game received an AO rating, which stands for adults only. Now, only 26 games ever have been uh, released in stores with the AO rating, and almost all of them are pornographic. So having this get an AO rating would have been kind of destructive in the similar way that like an NC-17 sort of became box office poison. It got to a point where Sony and Microsoft didn't want any games to be released as AO. Right. Uh, because they're like, this isn't exactly a good image for the console and for the industry. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of games, like I think Manhunt was a similar thing where... Manhunt had to get edited down. A few mm -hmm. games were canceled rather than have to get an AO rating, like Thrill Kill, you know, games like that from the PS1 era. You know, so this one was pretty shocking, but this was 2005, and I feel like that was sort of the gaming landscape at the time. We, booting this game up really took me back and yeah. made me realize how many how much things have changed in video games, which still contain was... violence, but there was something so gleefully transgressive about the violence in the PS2, Xbox era. Like, they were really leaning into it. And some of the games that they made that were leaning into this trend were so over the top and ridiculous. You have I mean, your, I mean, at this point, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you can chainsaw people's heads off. Grand Theft Auto, of course, is the main example, but you get things like The Suffering, you know, like, which is a, a, about a bunch of prisoners digging at each other with rusty shivs. You know, you have The Manhunt, which you mentioned, yeah. which is just about serial killers murdering um, each other. A whole host of just shooters where you just... Yeah go crazy lots and tons of crime uh, things state of emergency it was a riot simulator like they were really making a lot of these games that were capitalizing uh, true crime yeah, yeah. a whole whole realm of there's, there's it was, also a godfather game around this point too we will get the to scarface it. game yeah we already uh, got to it yeah <laughs> yeah no there's a ton of these and it, it really brought me back in a way that uh it surprised me uh i definitely played this game when it came out i remember having a good time with this one. Uh, yeah. I would have been the target audience of like still getting excited by like, oh, how effed up this game is going to be. Check out how gritty and cool it is. I'm going to smash a dude's head with the lid of a coffin. Yeah, that's that's sort of the crux of this game and sort of the, the really controversial part of it is these interrogation animations. Every once in a while in the game, you can take a victim to a certain spot and interrogate them and it will trigger like a torture mini game so you'll either like hold their head underwater or use a drill press to like scare them or feed accidentally them to a lion. drill press their head uh very easily i apologize for that guy but uh <laughs> and then the doesn't help he's dead and then the rest of the game like so that's the stuff that was really shocking and you can see in the north american release that we played like they have pared this down quite a bit by making the executions go black and white which yes it's still gruesome as hell but like giving it like this extreme kind of blown out look is making it more stylish and there's some that i don't know for sure but i would wager that even with black and white they may have had to 
Uh, for instance, there's one where you are using a drill press on somebody's yeah. head. And when it actually happens, it moves the camera away so you can't see the head. You can just see the motion of pushing the drill press down. Yeah. And then you come back to the person dead. Um, because I think that there were some things that even in black and white, they were like, mm, I don't know if this is going to fly. Right. And it's extra shocking to think about it now as a Marvel product. Like yeah. with everything we know about what Marvel is today, how it is basically the establishment of filmmaking and how something this violent and gross would never be allowed underneath the Marvel uh, uh, umbrella. Yeah. I mean, this is also pre-Disney. Pre-Disney, so. yeah, the pre-Disney acquisitions. So, like, it's a very interesting time capsule for that reason. Um, now, how do we feel about the depiction of the Punisher in this game as a character? What do you think, Javan? Like, do you think this is more accurate, more interesting, I less interesting? I think this is more accurate to what, like, the sense of who the Punisher is. Like, I think it's hard because, like, I don't know. Um, the Punisher seems to be absolutely invincible in this game, and I have a bit of an issue with that. Yeah, because it's just like there's no there's no th like thrill to survival. Like, because I like um, gory games. Like, we play Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Like, uh, I like I like a creative kill, and they do definitely have a lot of creative kill animations. Yeah. It just felt like a little. Um, uh, problematic uh, because you're kid like you enter into a quote unquote crack house and then you just murder a bunch of people who are using drugs and you're like uh, and it's just like you're like ouch, mm, mm, uh, ouch usually you're shooting them before they even have a chance to brandish a weapon just, just to set the stage the game starts you off in an alley in front of the crack house and a guy tries to steal a woman's purse, and Steve snapped their neck immediately. Yes. Again, in game. In game. Uh, yeah, in yeah. real life, yeah. I did this. Yeah. Uh, but like, so I just like I don't know, like, like so it, it's interesting because like I played at this time period, I played a bunch of violent games, and I didn't really have an issue with them. But like, it definitely feels like I like it when the enemies, like I had no problem with Scarface. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it when the enemies are actually bad people, not just people, because you come in and you're like watching people watch TV, and then you kill them while they're watching TV. It's, it's I, I don't, I, it just made. Me me feel it didn't like make yeah. the game one feel thing fun one thing that i think is very appropriate for this is uh we played the first two levels and then i poked around in the menus a little bit uh, me and steve had some memories of the previous game of the game from before and all mm -hmm. that and we found the news clip section where it's like this is what the news reported and the crack house one was just dozens of homeless people murdered this this is where i i want to give this game some props here actually i think this game is aware of who frank is and of what this character is i think the satire of it or the public messaging of it is a little difficult to convey when you are the avatar character doing all of these crimes but yeah i think that's an exact right point like Think about this like Spider-Man, okay? Like Spider-Man has all these newspaper headlines about what a menace he is, right? But we know it's because J. Jonah Jameson has a vendetta against them and it's just kind of an old crank. With this game, we are seeing the news accurately reporting what we are just doing, all right? <laughs> it is saying in black and white, yes, uh, somebody went in and murdered a bunch of homeless drug addicts in this house. And that is who our character is and that is who we're uh, taking control of. So like they don't shy away 
from the single-minded nature of the Punisher as a character. They and may I, have I had give it props for that. guns near them, but they were not in the <laughs> in the process of committing a crime. <laughs> right. You know, so I this game is a third-person shooter that plays quite a lot like Max Payne. I think we were getting yeah. a lot of flashbacks of Max Payne. Uh, which a lot of games like this had played and, uh, like during this time. And I think Max Payne has a more big, like a more bigger note in the game of like, uh, yeah, you're kind of messed up doing these things, but also these guys are a little more notably bad that's, guys. That's the thing. Which again like, doesn't excuse anything, of you course. Are, but you are a crooked cop with your own pill addiction, you know, in Max Payne, and like these guys are much more of a threat. Frank in this game is, he's built like a tank. He's like a good, like two times taller and two times wider than any of the characters that you're facing off yeah. against. And like yeah. J-Ban was saying, you're kind of a bullet sponge. Like we never die. We were playing on normal mode. We never die. We never encountered a point where we were getting close I, to dying. I started just walking. Uh, so when you walk up to people, you can grab them, which then you can execute them or you can uh, interrogate them or yeah. use them as a human shield or you can just do like the quick kills which are not super quick yeah um and i was just sort of walking up and doing it to everybody there's like 10 people shooting yeah and you can do that to all 10 of them and still be fine because if you interrogate people you get health yeah and if you save the occasional innocent person you also get health um, and those innocent people are just like, dude, I'm just the, I work the cash register. Yeah. What the fuck is happening here? Yeah. And sometimes they react in ways that are like completely inappropriate. Like, they, like the aforementioned, uh, neck snapping. The woman's like, oh, thank you, Punisher. It's, it's like, yeah. she's reacting as if Superman just did something for her. <laughs> or, like, or as Steve said during it, yeah. uh, <laughs> as if, uh, this was the pizza delivery mini game in Spider-Man 2. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're excited that their pizzas arrived on time and it's not cold. Instead, yeah, there's just like, a dead man on the street. Like, like ma'am, he was trying to take your purse, and now he's lying on the ground, fully dead, a foot away from you. Right, and that's there the crux be of the character. Some amount of distress right now. That's the crux of the character. He 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 is this person who has this single-minded idea of what the law should be, and all people who violate the law are culpable to death. And that's kind of what you're playing out here, and it's. It, it gives this game kind of more of a disturbing tinge than something like Max Payne, where you mm -hmm. can sort of contextualize yeah. what you're doing. You never lose sight that the Punisher is not a good guy in this and that he's like using excess force. And there is a kind of interesting conflict here, like with how do you feel about playing as a character like that, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, even when they're trying to establish like, oh, this is a, this is a, they're a chop shop full of gangsters or something like they never feel like they deserve the punishment that you're giving them. And that makes, I don't know if nothing else that makes it interesting. I think the game plays pretty smoothly still like to this day. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the aiming could have been better and it could be oh, sensitivity, sure. oh. stuff like that. The aiming um, was well, it's it, it not didn't, great. Well, it didn't matter if you were like they really wanted you to come in for the close kills. Yeah. Like the close kill, they spent all their time on having. I think maybe it saw at least a dozen different um, close kill animations. At least there really were a lot. Like we didn't run into a lot of the same close kill animations over and over. Like and, and he has different ones depending on what weapons you yes. use. Like you can have one weapon at a time, or you can dual wield certain guns. Uh, Steve dual wielded shotguns. Felt very cool. Gotta be honest. That, that yeah, was yeah. Uh, 
a cool moment. Especially because there's uh, no downside to like yeah. having that, except that you can't throw grenades, I guess. But like, there's it's not like it's harder to aim or anything if you have two of them. It's it's about the same. <laughs> no, there is something. There, there's almost a level of kind of like uh, uh, Dead Rising or something like that where it, it's a little fun to just be mowing through crowds of enemies and feeling fairly invincible, but it does put a different tinge on it when these are just like homeless people with addiction issues. Like, Yeah, we you know, rolled up on a chop shop and then murdered a hundred and like seven people nobody really feels like a threat you know the way yeah. the way the zombie horde would feel like a threat you know so there is that really interesting sort of conflict that's going on in this game and i don't think the developers are necessarily thinking about it in those terms i think this is just something that we're bringing to it years yeah. later like the point back then volition's whole point i'm sure was just to make the goriest grossest like action game you could make and they did that, you know, they they got very creative and very dark and very gross with it. And it's a game that still has a certain level of notoriety to this day um, for its kill scenes. And I think it's become all the more compounded by the fact that, you know, the MCU has become just the de facto form of entertainment. But, you know, I don't know that I would see it through all the way again. Um, but I, I, rem- I did play this all the way back when it was new and I had a good time with it. I had fond memories of it. And I think this game is functional and entertaining, but it does leave a little bit of a film on you. Yeah, especially, again, with the different perspectives that we have now. When we were kids, it was like, especially for, for me, but I'm assuming it was similar for y'all. Yeah. Uh, video games weren't something crazy mystical to us. Like, we fully understood that every single person in that video game is not real in no. any way. And so as kids, it was like, oh, you know, this is just this is just a game. Like, yeah. None of this is. But now as an adult, we even we look back at it and we're like, I don't think I even have the motivation to do to like to play that game consistently. Right. And like to finish it because, yeah, you're just like at some point you're like, what what am I doing? Well, it's it, it stops being a first person shooter and just starts becoming a first person third person shooter massacre. And you're just like the there, there's no. There's no threat. Like, you yeah. can play this game on one life, and it's just, like, there, there's no mystery. There's no art to it. The only inter- interesting thing is how you do these these kills, and, that's and like, the kills are interesting. They are creative, uh, but it's just sort of, like, it gets boring after a while, and I think we're more sophisticated video game uh, users because we want some mystery. We want some challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this definitely isn't as bad as, like, the no Russian level in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, but it's still, like, eh. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, your your mileage may vary on this. I think uh, it, it, we have a lot of, like, the cutscenes are all very, like, heavy-handed. Like, J-Ban, you're pointing out, it's very Taxi Driver-ish, where he's walking around the street, <laughs> yes. just like, oh, the scum on the street. Oh, funny because it was like you're talking about Giuliani's New York when we're like it was the cleanest safest New York uh I mean I'm not talking about Giuliani and Alan Davis we're talking yeah. about old school uh but you're just like like he, he walks around and he's just doing these taxi drive monologues taxi driver monologues and you're just like that's not how New York was in 2005 I would have, I would have loved it if he walked past like the M&M store or something it's I, just like oh filth yeah I know? loved that monologue which like He's doing this 
while walking along the street and then just randomly walking through alleys coming out on the other side and then walking somewhere else. Yeah. It's like, what <laughs> what are we doing? I will say Tom Jane probably gets like 10 times as many lines in this oh, game as he does for in the sure. movie. Like he, he's very taciturn in the film, but like he's he's got a lot of Well, it's lines. really funny because like you talk about taciturn people and I'm just like, I couldn't help but think during while watching the film, uh, Henry Cavill did it much better as Geralt. Uh, sure. Yeah. Or as Superman, honestly. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I f again, I feel like the movie's just such a weird, like I don't know if it's direction specifically or writing and direction i guess the the directors also helped write it the yeah. director also helped write it yeah so uh it's probably a bit of both yeah um, it, it's it's a whole confluence and just the era of action movies i think is not one that has aged particularly well you know like this mid 2000s yeah. era of like really gritty like angry men action movies uh just haven't really <laughs> held up as well <laughs> like uh damn Riddick is so cheesy Riddick, <laughs> like there's yeah. there's just so many action movies for that time Triple period X, yeah. where it was like they're trying to do like cool edgy badass stuff and uh it was it was edgy then and what was edgy then is <laughs> dumb yeah. now <laughs> yeah and so like going back and seeing some of these things like for instance again I'll go back to the uh the scene in the the last aliens movie where uh it was like the shootout thing in the cafeteria yeah and i'm like this is just cheesy and dumb yeah like this isn't this isn't done in a way that holds up yeah it barely held up when it was done it's true um, it's true yeah a few things to recommend about it but uh overall well yeah that, that might be a good time to segue to the end of here uh do we have any final thoughts on the punisher i think that if you that the punisher has good scenes and could have probably been a good movie but uh it was just weird yeah well let's move on to our rankings then is this a good movie good game bad movie bad game or some mixture in between i'm curious where j band's gonna land on this because i feel like you were having more of a reaction to this this couplet of uh movie and game than you've had to anything before uh, i think it's a bad movie uh and i think it's a functional game okay yeah, that's fair. That's diplomatic. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, how about you, Justin? Oh, well, another thing that I forgot was, I don't know how relevant this quote has been to anybody else, but weirdly, like, one of my favorite bands has a song named this. But it also has the the quote of, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, and then he shoots him with the knife. Oh. It's just such a weird thing. That was dumb. Uh, it's just like a dumb little <laughs> so, gag, and you're like, shot it with a knife. all right. So stupid. Okay, and I think that stuff is what really characterizes this movie. Um, I think it's it's a movie. It's an action movie. I think if you haven't seen it before, it might be a thing to just like throw on in the sense of when you watch a movie, you're like, this is not going to be a good movie, but I'm going to laugh at it. There are uh, too that many might be one, good but... things in the world for you to yeah. watch this movie. Yeah, otherwise uh, it's very passable. The I only just, way you can watch it legally is to pay eight bucks. Yeah, I, I like Thomas it. Jane, so I was like, I was nostalgic about the movie. The nostalgia didn't hold up. Fair. So uh, I'll say it's a definitely subpar action movie, yeah. like at best. Um, the game is an action shooter game. 
Um, I like that your ratings are. This is a movie look, and this I, is a game. I'm so bad at like <laughs> being direct about uh, in it. I I wouldn't play it now. Uh, mm. It doesn't hold up super well, but I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, bad movie with definitely with some interesting element it's it's not a total loss as a movie there's enough here i think that it's this is maybe like a solid two-star movie like this is a good example of a two-star movie it is not completely without value but it just never really comes together satisfying way so i think that rounds it down to a bad movie if i'm gonna say and then i'm gonna say kind of a marginal good game like this is a very functionally well-made kind of creative uh it's a fun to play game and i think they are at least aware of the complicated uh persona that they're trying to play around with and they're they're making some nods at least in that direction is it a game i would sit and play all the way through again no probably not because it's it, yeah. it's it's locked in a very specific time and place that uh, we can't really go back to but i'm gonna you know if, if we're putting this on the binary i'm giving this a bad movie good game where did oh yeah i when i was looking up this movie i the rotten uh tomato score came up and yeah. i was like "Ooh, what my memory is like not gonna be 29. Was, yeah, 29, yeah. <laughs> my memory of this movie is not gonna hold up to be honest, when i, I like watched it the first time i probably liked this movie yeah i, I did liked too. it more um, uh, yeah I, I saw it when it was new and i liked it more then i think it's it time has not been particularly kind to it but yeah Maybe yep. that's part of it. Uh, um, if you want to see Thomas Jane in something that's actually good, watch The Expanse. Yes, that's it's right. It's a that's fantastic a... TV show, one of my favorite pieces of media I've watched. Well, Please perfect. do it. I love science and sci-fi and space. Or Boogie What's Nights. Expanse on? Uh, Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'm sorry, we're going to get a little redundant next week. We're going to be playing, uh, watching and, and playing a, a, a subject that's very, very similar to the movie we talked about this week. Uh, we're oh, talking about it's a be completely different. absolute <laughs> killing machine, an absolute unit of a little monster named Wally, who is, uh, if anything, <laughs> he's exacting his own form of justice. <laughs> In the form of hugs. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about Wally next week, the Disney Pixar classic from 2008. Uh, so we will uh, be back for that. Hopefully, we'll be less punishing. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God, please, no. uh, uh, okay. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time for Wally. Uh, be good, or you'll be punished. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>